new concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 podcast, live episode number 26 with my co-partner here, Emilio Palafox. What's going on, man? You've been doing some traveling lately. I have been, man. I was back in my hometown, El Paso, Texas, and I just got in about a day and a half ago, back in the H-Town. Feeling good. Thanks so much for being back here with us, guys. We've got a just killer show for you today, and I've just had so much fun hanging out with Emilio. We're going to keep bringing great stuff out to you guys week after week. But one of the things I wanted to dive into is we just... Talk more about the brain and how the brain works. I found out recently about this new iPhone light hack that's got me really excited. I've been using it for the last couple of weeks and wanted to get that out to you today. So I don't have a tip for Android, unfortunately, for those of you out there on Android. But if you've got an iPhone, this is going to help you guys out a lot. I've heard a lot of people complain about, hey, even when I put it on night vision, Jared, I still uh, lay in my bed at night. And if I want to read something off of my Kindle-based iPhone app, or if I want to just check an email or do something like that, you know, the best thing to do, guys, is just to turn that crap off, right? Just have a digital sunset to where after dark, you have no screens in your face. But if an important email comes through that you know you're waiting on, or if you want to read something, you know, for some people, they've just gone all digital to help get more of the red light into the phone that can really help with our mitochondrial health, as we've talked about, get you to sleep faster, not build the cortisol and all the things in our uh, bodies that are going to keep the melatonin from being able to creep in faster. But I keep my night vision on 24 hours a day. Every now and then I'll kick the full blue spectrum on in the morning if I want to wake up and kind of stare into that for just a a little bit. But since I've got the human charger, uh, that really helps me get up really fast. But here's the deal at night, guys. If you turn night vision on your phone and it's still too bright, even after you turn the brightness all the way down, you can still see that, you know, really bright light in your face. Here's what you want to do. You want to go to settings and you want to go to general and then choose accessibility. And inside that accessibility menu, there's a a button in there or an option in there called display accommodations. And in there, you're going to see something that I'd never seen before, before I heard about this, but it's a color filters option and you can click color tint. And when you do that, it's going to turn your phone almost, it's just super red, almost like the red lights that you look at late at night with uh, looking at maps and guys in the military and stuff like that. But it takes it not only into night vision, which is more of an amber or a candlelight type color, depending on how warm you've got that setting, but it turns it into a pinkish dark red color. And I was just blown away whenever I found out about this because I was like, wow, this, you know, if the night vision helps, this is going to help even more for me to get to bed. So instead of you having to go in there, though, and turn on color tint every time you want to turn that red on, and when you guys go out there and try it, you're going to be blown away at how bright this is or how, uh, how red this is. But instead of you always having to go into settings every time you want to turn that color tint on and off, which would get really old and people probably wouldn't use it, inside that accessibility menu that I just mentioned, there's a shortcut. So if you go all the way to the bottom of the accessibility menu, there's a shortcut to where you can turn on, turn that color filter on every single time. So I know that was a lot of lists there, but it's just settings, general, accessibility, and then in accessibility on the iPhone, there's display accommodations color filters, and color tint. And then you just set up that shortcut at the bottom of that accessibility menu to where color filters allows you a triple tap on the home home button, and then it clicks right onto red. So I can just filter from red back to night vision. And then if I want night vision off, I just turn it off the regular way. So I'll link all that up in show notes for you guys. That way, if you're driving around or whatever, listening to this, you don't have to keep up with that. But I think you're going to be pretty amazed at what you see 
on your phone. And we've talked a lot about light, Emilio, and how a light can affect you. But man, I'm super serious and super dedicated at night about not only just getting the screens out of my face, because that's the best thing you can do. But now because of this, if I do need a screen in my face for any reason, I turn that thing to bright red and I'm not having any issues whatsoever. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm such a great tip too. And uh, I'm glad you're saying this so that when I, you know, share it to my mom or a lot of my other loved ones that they can do that because they have a lot of iPhones. Right now I have a Samsung. And so I'm not aware of anything at the moment, like you said, that has something like that. I wish it did. You know, what I try to do is definitely have the lighting in my house, you know, the right way, like you talked about, whether it's the red or amber or really just to incorporate more candlelight. I mean, not only does it set the mood, it just feels a whole lot better. And it definitely gets you in that calm, relaxed, winding down state. But uh, yeah, what a great tip, man, for sure. Yeah, and absolutely. You and I talked about last time about the farmhouse that I have way out in the country and how tired we get very quickly out there because we just don't have the screens and, you know, the internet. And it just helps you to keep that stuff out of your face. Well, last night my wife was gone and my kids love lighting candles. Like, again, they feel like we're like back on a little house on the prairie or something like that whenever we just light up candles. And it's kind of cool to them because it's so different. Well, my wife was gone last night doing something with her singing. So I've got all three kids there after we were at the pool in the afternoon. And I said, you know, the sun's coming through the window and it's just kind of dark in the house. We hadn't turned on any lights yet. For some reason, we were just kind of sitting there in the dark, just hadn't turned on it or not, not the dark, but just sitting there in the sunlight, just not with any lights on. And I said, hey, girls, why don't we pretend like we're at the farmhouse tonight? And when it starts getting really dark, we're just not going to turn on any lights. And they're like, yeah, you know, they're really excited because they love doing that. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, like building a fort, you know, or whatever. And you're in the dark. They just, yeah. the kids love that kind of stuff. So they're like, yay. And so we get out the, like the kerosene <laughs> lamps and whatever. And we're carrying them around the house and I'm trying to brush their teeth last night with like kerosene last. And they thought it was the coolest thing. But dude, same thing again. It's like 30, 9 o'clock. My wife comes back. She's like, what's going on? There's no lights on. And I'm just telling you, man, I was tired. I was ready to crawl in the bed. I was so tired. And so I just, I want to be more diligent. It's hard in our society today, whether it's screens in your face or whatever, it's hard to just not operate with lights on because we've been so accustomed to that. But guys, if you can keep the lights off at night, bonus points if you've got more candles and stuff like that going for you, but just keep the lights off or just get red lights like I did for the lamp by my bed or a red headlamp or something like that. iPhone tips like we're talking about here. Hopefully Samsung gets something like that. I'm sure they will before too long, but it's all so helpful. And you know, I, uh, it's funny we're talking about this now because last night I'm staying with a friend since I'm in town and you know, he's, he does a lot of things for the night and he actually has Lyme disease. And so there's various things that he's trying to do, whether it's on a detox level or night routines to get good sleep. But one of the symptoms is not getting enough good sleep. And so he was telling me what he was doing in terms of, you know, winding down and some melatonin that he uses and whatnot. But then I had brought up the light thinking that he knew about the light because, you know, I guess I'm in this space a lot of times and you're in this space. And so we know a lot of things to do, but it's funny how every single time I talk to somebody else, they're like, no, what is that? Or no, what do I need to do? I think a lot of people know already, and it's not the case. So yesterday, I was talking to him yesterday. We we're just on the couch chilling and catching up. And I was like, so what do you do for the light? He's like, what do you mean the light? I'm like, well, I mean, like, look all around us. I mean, there's a lot of white lights and LED lights. I was like, this is killing your melatonin production, which is what helps you go to sleep. And he's like, really? And he just didn't know that. And so I brought up my blue blockers. I have the really crazy Cyclops looking uh, night walkers and had him put these on. And he put them on. He was like, whoa, this is really like red. <laughs> He's like, he feels like side clubs. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, look outside. I was like, it's dark out there. Our biological clock, our circadian rhythm is supposed to be down. And yet we're bright lights in here. I was like, when he put on the glasses, I was like, that's how you're supposed to be. That's what your body is asking for. And you're not giving it to the, you know, you're not giving your body what it needs. And so sure enough, I had him like 
you know, used them all last night. And uh, I asked him this morning how he woke up and he said uh, he felt great. And of course, it all depends, right? Like try something not only for a day. I mean, try for a week or two and see what you think. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Before the light bulb was created, you know, back, it was like early 1900s, somewhere in there. Before that, we as a, just as a society here in America, we got over 10 hours of sleep every night. Now the average American gets less than seven. And, you know, you think about that and you go, well, you know, we're busy or whatever. We can justify it. But just think about a society. Think about a people. Think about just your biological changes, how when an entire society over the course of a little over 100 years goes from over 10 hours of sleep a night to less than seven. I mean, it's just going to change things, right? I mean, we are just living in this different yeah. society today. And I heard a stat just this past week, and, and I, actually I'm going to make a note of it here because I want to dive into it a little bit more and do some research on it and maybe talk about it in the next episode. But it's talking about 20-minute naps during the day. I heard this stat that uh, Edison used to sit with uh, steel balls in his hands whenever he would take his naps so that whenever he fell asleep and he dropped the balls on the floor, it would wake him up because he didn't want to get into that deep sleep. Like they mm -hmm. even got it back then. Einstein used to talk about 20-minute naps during the day and how that kept his brain fresh. And so before we as a society went and sabotaged ourselves by staying up so late every night and getting such little sleep, these guys back then were tapping into this because they just knew like, hey, I'm getting less sleep. I need more sleep. But I, start, I heard this stat the other day that if you took a 20-minute nap three or four times a week, that your brain, they tested all these people's brains that have been doing it for like 10 or 15 years, where three or four times a week they would get at least a 20-minute nap in the middle of the day, and then boom, they're back up and going. Their brains all tested out on average five years younger than their counterparts who are genetically tied to them, so people in their family that weren't getting that. And so you think about five years younger, that's after them only doing it for a few years, what if we started today? You know, everyone listening into this, especially the younger people started today, and you did that for the rest of your life. Like you're the neurogenesis we've talked about before and the elasticity of the brain and how you're growing new gray and white matter through reading and learning and all those sort of things. We can't forget sleep. And light obviously plays a lot into that at night, but sleep during the day as well. Throw a freaking night mask on during the day if you need to. Find somewhere to go and just sleep 20 minutes and then get yeah. up, boom, and go. And you're actually making your brain more youthful and you're growing those new cells that are going to help you a ton. You know, and I'm glad you're talking about this because there's a few things I'd like to bring up. One, you talked about how we have less sleep nowadays and it's so true. Well, here's a crazy statistic that I heard at a workshop at a biohacking conference a few years ago that your brain actually shrinks. Every time you get less than seven hours of sleep, your brain shrinks. And of course, it's like, you know, subtly over time, but it's that whole thing about, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts, right? Like you're slowly shrinking your brain. You're slowly you know, building up toxins, you're slowly like whatever it is, it's happening at a slow pace, but it's going to catch up to you within all of a sudden you're having symptoms and all of a sudden, right. you know, it's almost too late. And so, yeah, your brain actually shrinks if you get less than seven hours a night. And so, and then, you know, when I talk to a lot of high performers, especially the ones that I coach, you know, there are, um, you know, they always want to do more. And I think we were talking about on the last podcast, like less is more. And a lot of people are, you know, always say, well, look, I don't have time to meditate or I don't have time to sleep longer. I don't have time to, you know, take a cat nap like you were talking about, 20 minute power nap. But actually, those are the people that probably need it the most, one. And two, that's actually more beneficial. That's actually doing more for your mind, body and energy than you think. You know, we talked about diminishing returns also in, in previous podcasts. I mean, you will see if you start to incorporate these new things, change things up. It's that definition of insanity, right? Guys, you're trying to be better, but you're doing the same things over and over and over again and trying to become better. we got to switch things around. If you don't normally take a nap, and you're like, I'm not a nap person. 
take a 20-minute nap. If you normally sleep six hours because that's the way that your routine's going, bump it up to another hour and see what happens. And give it some time, right? Build those muscles. Don't just try it for a week or a few weeks or even a month or two. Try it for a little longer. I know when I talk to a lot of functional medicine doctors, one of the things that the way that they hear when they receive information is, look, if my clients say, look, I've tried everything and nothing works, what they are receiving on their end is actually them saying they haven't been consistent enough. That's what I hear from a lot of doctors. Every time that they hear from their clients, look, I've tried everything and nothing works, nine times out of 10, if not 10, it's because whatever they ended up trying, they didn't try it for long enough. They weren't consistent. And consistency is key. Think about your body. I mean, you've got to, I don't, there's certain things you may not have to try for six months because the stimulus can respond very quickly to your brain many times, but it's just going to take a little while for you guys. And I hear the same thing, Emilio, all the time mm-hmm. where people go, oh yeah, I tried that for a while. I didn't really feel anything. And then like, how long? Oh, a long time. And then you keep pressing them on it and you get down to it and it's like they tried it two weeks or something and they weren't even maybe cons- as consistent in that two weeks, but then their conclusion yeah. was, oh, it just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, again, also amazing that you're talking about this right now, because I was just talking to a new client of mine that I've had for a few weeks. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, the different high performance quadrants, like, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, one, there's, you know, a lot of people that are just focused on the physical or maybe the mental or those, but they don't touch on the emotional or spiritual quadrants, which are actually, if you do the research and science, actually a whole lot more important because we're emotional beings. We're constantly having emotional charges constantly rising through our bodies. And a lot of us, and I'm for one used to be like this and, you know, and I'm not perfect still today, but I'm a little bit more aware of when this happens. You know, we're constantly in our heads, creating stories, refuse to those stories, emotions arise from those stories. And next thing you know, we've created our own suffering. And a lot of people don't know how to self-regulate these emotions constantly. And what's happening at a subconscious level is that these emotions are draining our energy whether it's with relationships or business, and it's draining them. So not even talking about everything else, even like just emotions throughout the day, they're draining us and we don't know. And the reason I bring this up is because in my coaching, we also try to train these, you know, emotional or spiritual muscles or even mental muscles. And a lot of the times people are not used to that. So when they try it, you know, like for instance, I I do a lot of, you know, heart focused training and heart coherence, which is another state of high performance. And They try these things and I have to continually, you know, make sure that my clients are consistent with this because it's just, it's like a new muscle. It's, they have to train it. They have to try it for a while. It's like, you know, if you have never done your first push up or your first pull up or even your first muscle up, it's going to take some practice, some time to actually get it done. And yeah, it takes time. Yeah, absolutely. And I just can't talk enough about how, you know, you mentioned it a few seconds ago. You said, I'm in this space, Jared, you're in this space. I forget sometimes that people just don't know mm-hmm. that, you know, how this stuff is around us. And I'm the same way, you know, I'm like, hey, have you heard of such and such? And I just say it like kind of flippantly, like, of course they have. Right. They're like, no, yeah, right. <laughs> who's this person? Who's that person? It's like, what? Like, okay, let me take a step back. Cause obviously like we're starting off at two different points here, but just the more, I mean, that's honestly, that was my whole premise around the podcast was just, I started noticing things and tapping into things that were out there that made me live life better. I mean, I'll go as far as to say to save my life from where I was going in the, you know, the bad path I was going down mentally, Mm -hmm. physically, all those sort of things. And just, I want to get so much knowledge of this out to, uh, to everybody. I know you've done probably a little bit more light studying on a more cellular level than I have. Tell me a little bit about what you've gone into before and your, you know, your kind of your knowledge base around that. Yeah, man. Light is definitely important. So we talked about, of course, at nighttime, but you know, there's different types of lighting. I mean, I really like the red and infrared lighting. Of course, 
There's stuff with the saunas that I really enjoy. I really want to get one here in the future, in the near term. But, um, you know, one of the things that I have that I like to practice is, and I got this from a biohacking conference from this person, Leanne Veneer. She's in Austin, Texas, but there's a lot of them out there. And there's just different types of formulations of red light and near-infrared lighting. And for those people that don't know, we're talking about, you know, maybe people in this space don't know, you know, these lights, what's great about them is that they're able to penetrate the skin, the tissue, and in some formulations, some shallow bones and joints. And so depending on the, you know, healing matrix of lights, if you will, they can be used for healing, anti-aging applications. They can treat shallow bones and joints, but all depending on the wavelengths. And so the one that I have is like a biophotonic special formulated combination of red and infrared lighting. But one of the reasons why I like, you know, these kind of light hacks, if you will, or light therapy is because I'm big about the mitochondriac, if you will. And, you know, we talked about that in previous podcasts about honing in on the mitochondria. And so to further that, this is another way to penetrate all the way down to your cellular level to activate and enhance mitochondrial function. And so when you put these lights on your skin, and where I put it is, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to do is, is put it on my face for some, for some rejuvenation. I used to have a lot of acne scars back in college days. And because I did it do it the right way and I used to pop those suckers all the time, I got scars now, unfortunately. And that's actually been healing really well over time rather than some surgery or some other things. The lighting has actually been doing a really good job. But people use this for healing, like cuts, scrapes, and it has actually shown to treat you know, uh, large bones and joints. And that's usually uh, the near infrared lighting. So there's a lot of applications, but one thing that I really, really enjoy about these wavelengths is that it can penetrate the cells and enhance your mitochondria. So yeah, I think that's a great stuff. Great thing. Yeah. I was reading in Headstrong as well. I've brought up a couple of things about Headstrong because that book has just blown me away, you know, uh, recently, but I know there's a lot about light in there. And basically, it just says that in the last, you know, 20 or 30 years or so, we have started to avoid, completely avoid the ultraviolet light. I think there's UVA and UVB. And studies are showing that, like, our grandparents and people before them, they didn't have all this UV blocking frequency inhibitors, I guess I would call it for lack of better words, where we use sunglasses, our windshields, our windows in our house, the sunscreen that we put on. You know, all of those things are good because we don't want an overexposure of the of the bad kind of light. but you know, when you look back at studies, our grandparents didn't have, you know, they didn't wear the sunglasses like we do even as much as kids. They didn't have these UV blocking glasses and they had less skin cancer and way better mitochondria than we do now. Tests would show just because we're exactly. sabotaging ourselves. So I love what you're talking about there about how the skin, I think it even helps build a lot of collagen in your skin and things like that. But more importantly, it mm-hmm. gets the, the mitochondria in your cells. It builds the easy water that the Headstrong book talks about, which is the fourth type of water that's been discovered. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a liquid, it's a solid, it's a gas, and then it's an easy, and I forget what that abbreviation stands for, but that's what is in your cells. That's the specific type of water in your cells. So light will help to build yeah. that over time. And so, yeah, we don't want an overexposure of UV light. So many of us have been told that like, hey, get, you know, getting too much UV light is bad, but you still need some of that to help your mitochondria function properly. So some of the light yeah. stuff that I've seen you do, and even on social media, where you're holding the big, the big red square up yeah, your face and things <laughs> like that. That's, yeah. the, yeah, that's, that's what I was doing. Yeah, that was like two or three months ago I saw that and I was like, man, that is so awesome. I need to, I need mm-hmm. to grab one of those because I know it's helping your skin and helping your mitochondria and all that a ton. Well, you know what? And really quick too, my girlfriend actually has, her stomach tends to hurt a lot depending on some digestion stuff that she's working on. And no lie, I had given her this and I told her to apply it 
every time her stomach hurt for about 20 minutes on her stomach. And she can tell you, she tells everybody, she actually recently told my buddy's mom, who was suffering for actually some joint pain on her neck. And both those applications really helped her. So when her stomach was hurting, after a 20-minute application, didn't hurt anymore. She also has like a bone spur in her neck, my girlfriend, and it was really hurting. 20 minutes applying it, didn't hurt anymore. And that's huge. People think, what? A light did that? Try it, guys. Like, not, This is increasing blood flow. It increases oxygenation you know, for things to function more effectively. And in addition, on an overall standpoint, it actually boosts your immune system. And there's a lot of studies on that as well. So I think a lot of times we have to look at when we're trying to improve ourselves on a sensory level. You know, what are we smelling? What are we hearing? What are we touching? What are we feeling? What are we exposing our body or skin or eyes to? It's all of that. All of that matters. Yeah. And in the research world today, they're calling it junk light. And it's all of the artificial, the fluorescent, the, some of the LED bulbs oh, yeah. that some are good, some are bad, uh, you know, even especially at night, pretty much all of them are bad. But your mitochondria, we can go back to that over and over because we can't talk about it enough, but they've got to produce a ton of extra energy to process out these blue lights, these LEDs, the fluorescent, the junk light, the CFLs that are out there. And, you know, basically that's going to create a lot of not only toxins in your system, but free radicals, which we want to stay away from, which can really sabotage your system. And more importantly, as I'm learning recently, it's more in the cells of your eyes. I'm reading a book yeah. right now called Incognito, which is just amazing about how the brain works and how we perceive light and how much energy that takes and how our brain just magnificently processes that. But if we're getting the junk light and all of that every day that's really sabotaging our brains, our mitochondria, those sort of things, uh, and we're not blocking out the blue light at night, we're staying up too late. I mean, we are wrecking ourselves as a society and if we're going to hit higher areas of peak performance, which is what this podcast aims to get that knowledge out of, we're not going to do it by being totally unaware of the toxins that are around us. And a lot of people are surprised to know that that comes in light. Yeah. And, you know, those those white light, those white LEDs or the fluorescent light, it's the corn syrup of lighting. And if you guys have fluorescent lights, especially get rid of those ASAP. That's the worst. And start to incorporate, you know, get aware and start to change those light bulbs. But yeah, like you talked about mitochondrial function, when I talked about the red and infrared light, just so that people are clear, when it comes to mitochondrial function, from what I've researched, red light is proven to strongly stimulate the mitochondria to kick in gear and cause the cells to regenerate and to heal. And in latest research, it's showing that actually healthy mitochondria are the key to preventing and fighting cancer. There's a lot of my friends that have either been cancer survivors or that are actually going through it right now. And these are some of the things that I'm, you know, bring awareness to them so that they can do anything that they can to help themselves. Yeah, and I know I know we only have so much time here, but we could just we could just talk about this all day long. But the the fluorescent lights, as you just mentioned, and the LED lights that are not good, they cause and I won't go too far to this, but they cause a reduction of of NAD in your system, which really you need that in order to complete the Krebs cycle and produce energy. So anybody that knows anything right. about energy or that studied about energy is you know knows at least a little bit, hopefully, about the Krebs cycle and how it produces energy. So that's the biggest component is those fluorescent lights, mostly what we're working in each day in our offices and, you know, and things like that. That's why a lot of people say, hey, if you're working in an office environment pretty much all day long, every 50 minutes or so, every hour or so, take five to 10 to 15 minutes, go outside and just walk around. Like even if you're in a job like mine where you've got a suit or whatever on in the Texas summer, it may be blazing hot. Like just go outside for 10 minutes, take your jacket off, whatever, and just go without any sunglasses and go just soak up some of the UV light and the sun and then get back in. And it's amazing. You do that a couple of times a day, how refreshed you'll be. But then you'll also, what I love about it is you'll also have a lot more energy because you're allowing that Krebs cycle to work properly. You're not reducing that NAD that we have to have. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, you're just strengthening the mitochondria as we're talking about. 
but then don't stop. Like take that on into the evening, get the screens out of your face, get the harmful blue light out of your face that the sun emits and your TVs are the same spectrum as the sun, the way that they're built nowadays, get that crap out of your face and you're going to be able to sleep. Like I said last night, just on a whim, I said, Hey, let's not turn on any lights whatsoever. And I was just was laughing to myself because I was blown away by like eight o'clock, eight thirty, which is not normally my bedtime. I'm just thinking, man, as soon as I get the girls down, like I'm going to get a shower and I'm getting in the bed. But then what happens? You go take a shower, you turn lights on, all of a sudden you start getting kind of a second wind of energy and you get in bed later than you thought. And you're like, man, why was I so tired an hour and a half ago or whatever? Now it's 10 o'clock, 1030. I don't feel that tired anymore. Well, it's because I've been exposed to those lights and, and that stimulus. Yeah. So I, I was, it was a good reminder for me last night about that. But um, but yeah, I take a shower have to do door. so much. Oh, yeah. I do that sometimes, man. I've got a dimmer. No, I'm just uh, the people that were, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I do. The people, yeah, the people that were in the house before us, they put a ton of dimmers. Uh, I don't know if they were just, <laughs> I don't know if they were tapped into this or not, but we got tons of dimmers, electronic dimmers and switch That's dimmers awesome. around our house. So it's real easy for me to dial that down. And there's been times before where I've just been so cognizant of this light and how it could be affecting me that I'll keep the bathroom door cracked just a little bit. I'll turn the mm-hmm. dimmer in the bathroom way down. And like, it's really hard to see. I can't even see my shampoo or anything in there. I'll take a shower and I'll get out and I'll be like, okay, good. I didn't turn the bright light on right in my shower above my head that would have, you know, sabotaged that. But then what do I do? I'm human and I'm fickle mm-hmm. with some of these things and For I know sure. it's not good, but I'll go in there sometimes and flip the light on and stay awake and then catch a second wind and go, crap, why did I do that? So it's just awareness yeah. and it's just building it in. You got to learn what works for you and you got to build it in. It's just going to take a while for some of this stuff. Absolutely. So Emilio, I know we're talking a ton about light here. I know, I mean, again, we could go into several episodes about this, but one of the things I wanted to tackle today, and again, there's only so much time in a podcast that you can capture all of this, but let's switch from light to food. And we won't have time. We spent, you know, spent longer on the light, which is good, but we won't have time to go into this today. Maybe I'll shelf some of this for next time. But talking about mitochondrial health and building mitochondria, again, the light are going to sabotage a lot of that. The good light is going to help build some of that. But also just I've been getting a lot more into, which is not a fun thing to talk about, but I've been getting a lot more into the discipline of fasting. And I don't know what you've done around fasting or just, you know, looking at different types of foods that could also build your mitochondria health and just give you more energy. But most people out there that have done any sort of intermittent fasting, there's several different versions out there. There's You spend several hours off and then you eat for a few hours and spend like the next 12 to 16 hours off again. Most of that's done in your sleep. But fasting is going to improve myelination. It's going to reduce inflammation. It's going to help build your mitochondria. But it also, a lot of people don't realize, it switches on your cellular detox system, which is called autophagy. For any of you guys who want to go Google that, just Google autophagy, what the benefits are of that, and your detox, your natural detox system in your body, which is going to help eliminate that cellular waste that's bringing a lot of you guys down, that's going to cause an energy slump in the day. That's why you and I have talked about it before, drinking bulletproof coffee in the morning can actually help you staying you know, in a fasting state, yet you've got that butter in you, right, that you'll keep your body in a fasting state, but you'll keep energized and keep moving forward. So that's the only drawback to fasting if you do it the right way, it's just you may hit a big energy slump, hit the bulletproof coffee in the morning. I did a giant you know, chunk of butter in there yesterday because I was like, man, I'm not going to be eating until about 1 or 2 p.m. this afternoon. I'm just going to be disciplined and stick with that. And I can guarantee you if I didn't have the butter in there, the brain octane oil in there, or for some of you out there, it's maybe if you're not trying to get into ketosis, it's you know, MCT oil will be fine. But that butter is going to help you to feel your body's going to feel the effects of fasting, but you're not going to feel that low energy slump. So I wanted to talk about just in our last few minutes here, some of the brain fuel foods. And again, a lot of this comes from the Headstrong book that I'm, you know, going through like the, for the third time, making very detailed notes in it now. 
But some of you guys have read or uh, written into me about polyphenols out there. It's going to increase what exactly what we've been talking about. When you've got a lot of polyphenols in your system, it's going to increase your neurogenesis. It's going to create your cells faster. It's going to help you fight inflammation. It's going to help build that easy water in your cells and in your mitochondria. And so I just wanted to run through a few of the things that really help with that, the foods that are high in polyphenols for you guys. And I'll link all this up in show notes. So if you're driving around or whatever out there, you don't have to worry about this. But the right types of coffee, the right types of dark chocolate, blueberries, super high in polyphenols, pomegranates, grape seeds, grape skins. I just started taking just this past week a grapeseed extract because Dave had mentioned on one of his podcasts that that helps reduce inflammation and was one of the biggest game changers for him. And I've noticed a difference with that, taking the grapeseed extract, which is really, really good. So those are your polyphenols. Then you start getting into the neurotransmitter precursor foods, the things that are going to help build the dopamine, the norepinephrine, serotonin, acetylcholine, GABA, all those things that you and I have talked about before. And that's going to be more of your clean fuel foods and some of your higher fat foods. So you've got beef in there, chicken, avocados, almonds, wild salmon, even bacon is in there because of the high fat content, but good if you cook it the right way and you don't, you don't overburn it or char it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Lamb is a super neurotransmitter food. If you guys uh, go by the Whole Foods or wherever you guys shop and get some lamb for the evening, that's one of the best things that you can do. And then the number one, the top, it's hard to beat, you know, for neurotransmission is egg yolks. Okay. So all of those things that I just mentioned are good, but by far the best. If you guys are really trying to get your brain and your mitochondria running at peak levels, it's going to be by far the best is beef, almonds, eggs, lamb, and wild salmon. So I want you guys to clue into that because some of you, again, you're hitting those energy slumps during the day. You're reporting to me. You're not feeling as good as you should. And then really stay away from the inflammatory food. So it doesn't do us any good to have the polyphenols to help build mitochondria and stay out of inflammation and build the neurotransmitter foods that are high for that to keep your brain, you know, really charged up. It doesn't do us any good to do all of that and really focus on it. If you're still cramming the inflammatory or toxic foods into your body, those are going to be your dairy products, your trans fats, your gluten. Even if you don't have celiac disease, there's 18 million people out there that are still affected by gluten. But the biggest thing is if you don't feel it, it's still affecting your mitochondria. And then especially vegetable oils, the canola oil, just the deep fried stuff, anything fried out there, chicken tenders, fried chicken, those sort of things. We just want to stay completely away from those. So I'm going to do a deeper dive on some of that. Sugar should be thrown in there as a toxic food as well. Of course, aspartame, artificial sweeteners, those sort of things. Hate to break it to you guys, but wine and beer, the way most wine and beers process out there. I mean, beer is one of the worst things for you out there when it comes to just trying to create energy just because of the, you know, again, the gluten and the yeast and the carbs and everything that's in there. So we'll do a deeper dive on that. But Milio, I'm just curious what you've done as far as, um, you know, looking into some of those foods, if you've done any studies or read up any studies on that, and then we'll shelf it for the next time since we're running a little bit out of time here today. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad you're talking about this. This is amazing. And great rundown because that's so true. I was just talking about my buddy about this yesterday. I was getting some Mexican food because, you know, I'm not perfect. I do like 80% healthy, 20%. I go get some Mexican food or whatever. But the fact is when you go out there, a lot of times when you eat, they're cooking with vegetable oil, which is highly inflammatory, most likely 100% GMO these days. But yeah, so real quick, just in sense of time, I actually always bring up the subject. I have like a, a list of 10 ways to power your mitochondria. Uh, which is, of course, powering your power plants to bring you energy. And so my 10 that I always relate to my clients is, and I'll just run down them right now real quick, in addition to what you said, and I might hit on some ones that you said already, but I always have 10 in my mind. It's eat more greens, eat more sulfur-rich vegetables, eat some berries, which like you said, the blueberries, 
Eat healthy fats, lots like ghee, coconut oil, avocados, etc. Number five would be overnight fasting. Like we talked about the intermittent fasting. I do this a lot, whether it's three or four times a week. So that overnight fast, it's about 12 to 16 hours, preferably every day or many times during the week like I do it. Six would be eliminate sugar. Seven is eliminate processed carbs. Only carbs from non-starchy carbs or like a cup of berries like you talked about earlier. Uh, eight, and this I'm a Bulletproof coach, so I, I highly recommend the Bulletproof Unfair Advantage with the CoQ10 and the active PQQ and things of that. All that stuff helps as well. Nine, again, because I'm a Bulletproof coach as well, I recommend the Bulletproof Diet and balanced, individualized maximum absorption of the vitamins and minerals. And then last but not least, adaptogenic herbs, like we talked about in, the, in previous podcasts. I like the Sun Horse Energy, but there's a lot out there. But really, the adaptogenic herbs are, are really helping out with that. So that's my 10 ways to power your mitochondria, in addition to the beautiful, amazing things that you just provided. Yeah, and you mentioned Sun Horse Energy. I had so many people flood the inbox last time who, uh, right I on. guess, have become you know, fond of the Success 101 podcast and have been following it, but kind of joined on after that episode with Dan Moriarty of Sun Horse Energy came out. So when they heard our episode last time, they're like, man, you know, I hadn't gone back in the archives yet and listened to that one. But that's one of the best episodes that I've heard you do because of just how much you guys broke down, how adaptogens really work on the cellular mm -hmm. level. So I'm so glad that we got that out to people because I think there's a lot of people that would have missed that. But if you guys haven't heard our last episode about adaptogens and how those work, as you know, we just mentioned a little blurb of it in there. Emilio mentioned Sunhorse Energy, and I'm a big fan of them as well. They're Mojo 8.5, and now they're Nano Mojo. I also did an episode with Dr. Chris Shade of Quicksilver, who actually oh, yeah. uh, did the he actually did the formulation of the delivery system for the Nano Mojo with Dan Moriarty. So if you go Google anything on Quicksilver or anything like that, episode with Chris Shade, I don't have it pulled up right now to see what episode that was, but go check out 124 with Dan Moriarty. Go look at, just type in Jared Warren and Dr. Chris Shade podcast episode, and it'll probably pull right up. But both of those are just so awesome in talking about the mitochondria health and how the adaptogens work at the cellular level, in addition to some of the foods that we're talking about here. So unfortunately, I know we'll have to shelf that because we could do a deep dive on that. And, and hopefully we can do that and just remember to, to bring that up the next time, Emilio, because I want to really get not only just the energy building foods, which are great for everybody, but then also maybe even more importantly, is just keeping the inflammatory and the toxic foods and mold and things like that away from us. I think people could really benefit from that a ton. Absolutely. And the last thing I'll say here, because I know we're running out of time, is guys, I mean, none of us are perfect, like I keep mentioning. So, I mean, if you're traveling, if you're going, you know, you're going to be eating some unknown food or you're going out or you are drinking, what I tell people to do is, well, to just carry some coconut activated charcoal around. I mean, Bulletproof has a great brand. But there's a lot of coconut activated charcoal out there and you pop two pills during the travel or something that you know that you're not eating that is you know healthy um, it may be inflammatory you know take these coconut activated charcoal pills because then they will they will bind and flush those toxins out so when you are doing that at least you have something that can you know counter that yeah and to prove how binding they are break a capsule of it open put it on your toothbrush and brush your teeth with it <laughs> i do that a couple of times a month and it's just amazing how clean it's like that from the dentist clean feeling that you get yeah. uh, when you run that. I mean, it makes your teeth look awful when you're doing it like you've eaten a bunch of like, well, like you've eaten a bunch of charcoal because that's what it is. Right. But I'll do that. You know, I learned that a long time ago is if you're having a couple of drinks, if you're having a really, you know, if you go out somewhere and the only thing there, like you said, a Mexican restaurant or something like that, if you're going out to dinner with friends and you just can't help it. You know, try not, I think Ryan Muncy says it the best over at Natural Stacks. He's like, if you're traveling or you just have to eat bad food, 
it's not so important to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm just not going to eat anything. You can still eat a little bit of that stuff, but just don't suck. Like, don't you don't have to be perfect at it, but just don't suck when you're traveling. You know, don't don't <laughs> yeah. just say, oh, I'm traveling, so my diet's just going to have to go to crap now, you right, know, or whatever. Right. Still try to be, still try to be okay with what you're doing, but you don't have to beat yourself up over just you know over it. But pop, like Milo said, for every, I think the good rule of thumb is for every drink you have, drink a glass of water right afterwards. Pop a couple of charcoal pills, pop a vitamin C, and you're going to feel great. I mean, it's going to bind up all of that. Also, take some glutathione each day. That's what I do now. Pop some glutathione in the morning, and then if I'm having, you know, a couple drinks here or there, or if I'm eating some bad food, I'll always, you know, if I'm out at a restaurant and I don't have that stuff with me, I'll come home and I'll just pop like seven of those before I go to bed. And you just Mm. don't wake up with the sluggishness. You don't wake up with, you know, with with all the toxins in your system because it's going to bind that and, and take it right out. So we should do... In light of the Chris Shade episode that I mentioned, we should do some uh, some episodes on de- detoxification as well. Ben Greenfield, sure. also on my Huge. podcast, talked a lot about detox, especially metal detoxing and getting that out of our out of our system. So, man, we've got a lot of great stuff we can bring <laughs> you guys, and, yeah. uh, and and a lot of stuff on deck that we're going to be bringing your way. So, keep tuning in to the Success One on One podcast, Emilio. It's been so much fun having you on for these live episodes lately, and we're just going to keep rolling through this as we help more people really hit higher levels of peak performance, get out of their own way, so to speak, when it comes to their bodies and how their bodies are working and really start building in the habits. Again, it doesn't happen overnight, but build in the habits that are going to help you thrive and feel so much better each day and you'll be better off for it. So Emilio, tell everyone where they can find you out there. Again, I'll link all this up in show notes, but where can they find you in the world of social media? Yeah, actually, I'll just keep it very simple. It's uh, go to check out my website, guys. It's crossphoenixcoaching.com. Dot com. You'll see everything that I do there. And if you go, when you're on that website, just look at the top right and you'll see all the social media icons that you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. And then the best way to find me is just going to be either on Facebook or Instagram at Success 101 Podcast. I'm over on Twitter as well, but not underneath that name. But at Success 101 Podcast, Instagram is my favorite form of social media. And uh, we hope you guys keep rocking it until the next awesome episode of the Success 101 podcast. Emilio, have safe travels and uh, just keep rocking it. And we will be back to you guys real soon. Keep tuning in. Take care, buddy. Thank you. You too.